Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church Podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. And so I'm excited about today. Um, excited about sharing God's word. We're kicking off a new series today called Doors. And uh, how many of you remember the old school GPSs? The, the big, like, big, t- some of the, <laughs> GPS, what does that mean? You know those big screens that used to plug into your cigarette lighter? You know what I'm talking about? How many of you still have one of those? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My father-in-law. All right, so about, uh, anybody use maps on the phone? Anybody use maps on the phone? Your GPS uh, on the phone. And how many know, I like this because you, I don't know if you can change the name or the voice on the old school ones. Um, but you can change the name of the person that's directing traffic. And uh, normally when they give it to you, it's a lady telling you what to do. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> amen. Very convenient, right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. But, uh, but you know, on, on the GPS, like you put your destination in, and um, th- th- this lady's going to tell you uh, where you're going, right? If you don't know where you're at and you stick the, the number into your destination, this woman's going to, th- I keep, sorry. <laughs> The voice on the other end of the line is going to tell you where you're headed. And so it gives you directions. And so when the lady gets quiet, a lot of times, how many know, do you ever get nervous when she's not saying nothing? I don't know about you, but every, t- every once in a while you're like, am I going the right way? Like, and so it, it's funny when you think about this because it's like um, we, we put in this destination hoping and trusting that this person, uh, this GPS, this this navigational system can tell us to get where we need to go. And when the lady gets quiet, what you have to understand is when she's quiet, you're supposed to just keep going, right? You're supposed to just keep not trying to figure it out on your own, right? And I think that's a lot of times in our relationship with God. Like we don't hear God, God's not saying much, and we think we got to kind of get in, in, in God's direction for our life and we got to start steering the ship. And God's trying to communicate to us by not communicating to us. By not saying certain things to us. How many know when you're, when you're approaching a turn that the voice in the GPS gets out in front of the transition? See, because it doesn't like, you know, uh, sometimes when you get like, if you're not paying attention, have you ever done that like real quick? Oh, I'm supposed to go this way, right? You're not paying attention. But normally the, the, the GPS system is telling you What's coming up? What's where, where there's an accident? You need to turn right here in just a few minutes. What is that voice doing? That voice is preparing you for transition. It is preparing you for, for, to get you to your destination. It gives you enough time to get over into the right lane if need be or gives you enough time to, to make the transition that you need. But the voice is always in front. The voice is never lingering The voice is always in front preparing you for what is to come. And this voice on the GPS talks on purpose. It's not like it's it's just randomly saying things, right? And so I think about that with with God. God doesn't just talk. God God is somebody that he doesn't just talk. He gives directives. He's our our guidance system. His voice will go before us and give us the direction that's needed because there's a transition that's coming up. And so I think about that God doesn't just talk to talk. He talks with purpose. When God gives things into your life and he speaks to you, he talks with purpose. And this series is all about how do we navigate the different doors that come into our life? How do we hear the voice of God How do we obey the voice of God and what he's saying for our life? Revelation chapter 3, verse number 7 and 8 is going to be our our key scripture. It says, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true. So he's writing to the seven churches of Asia Minor and he's writing to the church of Philadelphia, the, the, the church of brotherly love. And he says this, he says, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, He who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. In other words, God is in control of your opportunities. 
This is a door. He says, this is not a man-made door. This is not a man. This is not a, 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 just a, a door that, that just happened. He said, this was specific. He said, I know your works, talking to the church of Philadelphia. And he says, see, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. Then he says, for you have little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. And a lot of times when we read this passage, we think, wow, God's just kind of getting rough with the church of Philadelphia. Well, actually, he's complimenting them in this moment. You're like, well, how's he complimenting him? They, they start, he starts going through some of the things that they were doing, and, and, and things like, he says, you know, you have little, you have little strength, but the reason you have little strength is because you've been faithful. He says, you've been faithful. He, he, he tells the church of Philadelphia, he says, you've done all you can do. He says, you've exhausted all your options. You've done everything you know to do in the best way you could do it. He says, this, 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 is, this is how you've operated. He says, you've obeyed what I've asked you to do. And he's encouraging them. He, and, and he says, you've used all your strength to move every mountain that you possibly could move that you've known how to move in your life. He says, you've not denied my name. That word deny, my name, literally means this, you never told me no. He says, you never told me no. So he's encouraging this church and saying, listen, you've done everything you need to do. Even when I asked you to do things that, weren't, that were different, you did them anyway. You, you blessed them instead of cursing them. You, you, you when, when they hurt you, you forgave them. When they, when they took from you, you gave anyway. When you should have walked, you stayed. You never told me no. You didn't deny my name. And he says, you kept my word. He says, you've done everything you can do, and that's where we are today. As a church, 11 years. And when I was reading this and starting this series off, that the Lord really just started to show me that there's a, there's a God door in front of our church this year. Come on, somebody. That he's opening that no man can shut. Not only for our church, but you personally. That there is going to come in your life this year a brand new open door. And he, he tells us here, he says, you've done all you know to do. You've kept my word. And he said, you've done everything you know. And now I'm going to step in and I'm going to set before you an open door. In other words, you are coming to the place that you are ending, and I have to pick up. Come on, somebody. He said, come on, if you're a guest, we're a talkback church. In other words, I know they're silent right now. They've had a couple weeks off. They'll get to moving here in just a minute. Come on. He says, he said, I, 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 you've come to the place that you're ending, and I have to pick up. He says, it's a door that no man can shut. In other words, it's not a human that can come in and shut a God door in your life. He's saying he didn't set it there in the first place. God set the door there. And if God set the door there, God is the one responsible for that door. And he said, and, and you go on to th think about this moment. It's a God-made door, not a man-made door. And I'm going to declare to you this today that we are not going to miss our moment in 2023. Come on, somebody. You're not going to miss your moment in 2023, you're not going to miss the door that God has for you. Now, I'm going to give you just some general things about doors this morning. Next couple weeks, we're going to dig into some of these things, and we're going to dig a little bit deeper into doors. And the question really is, what door are you standing in front of? What door are you in front of right now? So here's a couple things about doors. Number one, doors are opportunities. When God's talking about doors, he's not talking about a physical door. He's talking about an opportunity. Now, you have to understand something about opportunities, is that that's what it is. Nothing more, nothing less, but an opportunity. Now, you have to understand today that God doesn't seize, seize the opportunities that he brings in our life for us. He creates them for us, but it's going to be us to cease the opportunity. See, he gives us opportunity. He creates opportunities in our lives, but it's going to be up to us to seize those opportunities. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So he, this year, 
a door that is set before you is an opportunity. See, God has a destiny for each and every person in this room. God has a purpose for each and every person in this room. But it's not up to God to live out the purpose that he's put in your life. It's up to you. Right? You can't just sit back and go, oh, well, God's will is just going to happen any old way it will. No, that's wrong. That's not biblical. Jesus said, it's not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, there was a surrender to the will of God in his life. He had to make, he had to make choice. He had to, he, had to, he had to operate in that place of choice. And God has a destiny for each of you. And so what we have to understand is with every heavenly plan, every open door, every opportunity, there has to be earthly alignment. God within himself, he has to, there has to be earthly alignment. So destinies are not determined. You can't sit down and write your de- destiny out. Destinies are discovered. Each time you walk through a door in your life, each time you walk through an opportunity, the destiny that God has for your life gets clearer and clearer and clearer when you're like the church of Philadelphia that obeyed faithfully to do all that he asked them to do. John chapter 10, Jesus calls himself the door. In John chapter 10, verse 7, says, so Jesus again uh, said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. He says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and find out, in and out and find pastures. See, Jesus, see, salvation is, he's, he's the door, and the opportunity that he has for your life comes through him. So when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, the purpose and the destiny that it has for your life, when you step through the door of salvation, now you're on the other side. And when you go from darkness to light, and you step through the door of this opportunity to say yes to Christ, on the other side is God's purpose. On the other side is God's blessing. On the other side is God's abundance. On the other side is God's healing because he paid for everything. Right? He's the door. He paid for everything. So all we have to do is walk through salvation, being born again, new birth, starting over, allowing the Lord to transform us, saying yes to him, stepping through that door first as he is the door. Bible says, Jesus speaks this way. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Now, you live in a culture that propaganda is telling you there's many ways to God. Can I just tell you this morning? There's only one. And his name is Jesus. He is the door. Come on, somebody. He's the one that when, you, when, you, when he gets in your life and you step through that door of salvation, that opportunity to be changed, all of a sudden the opportunities of purpose and destiny happen on the other side of the door. Number two is this about doors. Doors don't stay open forever. Doors don't stay open forever. Here's a quote for you. To seize an opportunity, you have to do it in the lifetime of the opportunity. In other words, the opportunity of a lifetime only lasts as long as the lifetime of the opportunity. In other words, if you miss your opportunity, you might wait a while. You might wait a while to come back around. You have to go through some stuff, some tests, some trials, some situations, and and that that may come back around to you, and you think, well, these doors are just going to stay open forever. They're not going to stay open forever. God put a door there, but he's going to require obedience for us and from us. And here's, here's the thing. You can't start preparing once the door is there. For example, the GPS lady. She speaks out in front of the transition. She's, what is she doing? She's preparing you for what is to come. And that's what God does. Before a door ever shows up in your life, you have to prepare for it. Before a door ever shows up, because you can't, if the door is a short window, and you open, and the door's open, and you got to get yourself together, you're going to miss the door. Come on, somebody. God wants us to prepare this year. God wants us to prepare. He, he wants us to get things in order. Some of you, it's your marriage. you got to get the thing in order. Some of you, it's the relationship with your kids. you got to get that in order. Some of you, it's your money. you got to get your money in order. Because you can't wait for things. You can't wait for the door and then go, oh, no, we got to shuffle around here and get all this together. You're going to miss the door. So God wants us to understand that because the door doesn't stay open forever, we have to prepare for the door. A really good example of this is a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a, oh, there's the church people right there. They are right there. Bible school people, Sunday school. 
uh, and Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and the Bible tells us that he was a short man, and he, he knew of Jesus, and he started to hear about Jesus drawing big crowds. Well, he knew, because he was just a little guy, that, uh, that he wasn't going to be able to see Jesus when the opportunity arose because of the large crowds. There was no way for him to be able to see it. So he heard of Jesus, and then he heard that Jesus was coming to town. So this dude decided to climb a tree. He decides to climb a sycamore tree. So what was he doing? He was preparing for his opportunity to see Jesus. Instead of waiting for the crowd to get around and then climb the tree, he said, no, I'm going to climb the tree before the crowd gets here so when Jesus comes, he will see me. He was preparing for his opportunity. So Zacchaeus climbs the tree. He goes up in the tree. The crowd comes. And Jesus stops at the tree. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down from there. Comes down. And he says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. In other words, Zacchaeus prepared for his opportunity, which led to his blessing of Jesus coming to his house. So what you have to understand today is that doors don't always stay open long, especially if you're unprepared, you're going to miss them. Great time at the beginning of the year to start examining whether or not you're ready for what God has for your life. Get your stuff in order. Opportunities are coming. Listen, I'm, I'm declaring that. Get your stuff in order because opportunities are coming this year. There's going to be some things that you're going to have to, you, the opportunities are going to come your way that you've got to be prepared for. As an individual, get your stuff in order. Number three is this. Doors don't always show up announcing they are a door. This is key, right? Doors don't always show up that they're announcing that they're a door. So in 20, 2008, for those of you that are new, I'm going to tell our story just for a minute. In 2008, um, I was on staff at a church, Living Word Church, and pastor passed my pastor, and I was on staff serving faithfully as a youth pastor, and Whatever else I could do, small groups, everything else I could do. And so I was on staff there in 2008, and uh, I started feeling a transition in my heart. And uh, I knew there was an opportunity coming. I didn't know what that opportunity was. I didn't know what the transition looked like. And so 2008, he decides he goes out, and him and his wife are on a motorcycle. They have a motorcycle accident. And so long story short, God heals their body. They're wonderful today, perfectly health. Come on, somebody. All the medals taken out of his butt. Come on. So completely healed. And so, but 2008, the Lord told me, hunker down for two years. Hold his hands up, serve faithfully for the next two years. Okay, fine. That's my directive, right? That's my, that's my assignment. See, because opportunities also reflect your assignment. And so I, that was my assignment. And so we just started serving for the next two years. 2010 came around, and the Lord really began to speak to me about the transition. So I went to him, I started sharing my heart with him about what the Lord wanted to do. I didn't know what it was, I just felt there was transition. How many know the voice was talking early? And I was trying to figure out what that was. And so um, I just, so we started to just talk through it, what that was going to look like. And so I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, I had a couple doors come. And one of our overseers actually wanted to hire me during this season. It was funny. I never had any other opportunities until this moment. And... Um, when I was in the middle of this transition, one of our overseers said, hey, won't you come down and uh, we'll, we'll hire you. Like we interviewed, we did it. It was, it was miserable, wasn't it, babe? Mom, we hated it. He's in Memphis. Now, I did like rendezvous, the barbecue. Come on, somebody. That was worth, I thought, now, Lord, is this a door of opportunity? No, but anyway, uh, it was a miserable trip. It was miserable. We went down there and he's like, he slid an offer across the table and he says, you're going to start with the 27,000 square foot building. We have about 700 people in that building and you'll be the pastor. Now, you look at that and go, well, that sounds like a great opportunity. That sounds like a great door. Something didn't feel right. So we come home and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go on a fast. I went on a 40 day fast to prepare to figure out what this transition, this door uh, what's going on in our lives. And so I, I begin to fast. And I got down to uh, 73 and 741 on day 40 of the fast. How many know the Lord doesn't do anything early? I'm like, can you just do this on day three? There is a three-day fast you could have spoke to me on instead of 40. 
And so anyway, day 40, I got down to 73 and 741, and the Lord said this to me, Isaiah 43, 19. He said, behold, I'm going to do a new thing, and it will spring forth from Springboro. I said, okay, Lord, that's where we're supposed to be. So I went back, talked to my pastor. I said, this is where we're supposed to be. It's what the Lord says. So he said to me, so, so when I look at the two doors, the two doors were, okay, I could go down 27,000 square foot building, starting with about 700 people, or I could start with nothing. How many know every door doesn't always show up announcing that it's a door? If I wait out those opportunities, how many know in the natural you're like, <laughs> Uh, you probably should have went to Memphis. You probably should have went to Mississippi. But the Lord's door didn't always look like the Lord's door, and so I stepped through that door. I stepped through that door, and, and, and so in 2011, we started meeting with a group of people. For seven months, we met in a house on Sunday nights, and we prayed. We didn't really strategize much. We just prayed. We ate a lot of food. Amen. We ate a lot of food. And, uh, and we ate, and we, we broke bread together, and we prayed, and, and we built relationships, and then in 2012, through that process in 2011, the Lord gave us the opportunity to start meeting at the junior high, Spring Road Junior High. So we launched in 2012. This is actually the actual day, uh, January 8th, 2012, we launched Real Life Church 11 years ago. Now, the door didn't show up announcing that it was a door. The, the, the door that came to me was a pretty door. How many know not everything that glitter knows that anything that glitters is gold or God? Not everything that's beautiful is God, right? And so I stepped through that door, and here we are 11 years later. So be mindful that doors don't always show up announcing they are a door, but something in your heart may say, step anyway. Step towards that opportunity. And when you do, there's something on the other side of that door. It might feel like an a small opening, but when you step through it, there's a bigger blessing on the other side of that door. Number four is this about doors. Doors and enemies go together. Doors and enemies go together. Luke chapter 3 verse 21 says this. This is Jesus being baptized. It says, when all the people were baptized, it came uh, to pass that Jesus also was baptized, and while he prayed, the heaven was opened. Then I'm going to shoot over to Luke chapter 4. It says this, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, you have to understand, Jesus is 30 years old when this happens. He's 30 years old. Now, we have no account, no known account, of resistance in Jesus' life until this moment. For 30 years, the Bible says that he was a carpenter. Scholars tell us that his 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 uh, father on the earth had passed away early, and he had to take over the family business. So he was a carpenter for 30 years. He built tables and chairs, and, and, and uh, he'd go to the market and sell those things. But we have no known resistance of, of, in Jesus' life for 30 years until this moment. Until this moment when an open heaven or an open door happened at his baptism, and he was given his opportunity slash assignment. Immediately when the door was revealed, the enemy attached itself to that door. Immediately the heavens opened, the door came open, the opportunity happened, and then he was given his assignment, and immediately resistance happened. It says that he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. With every opportunity, there comes an enemy. With every assignment, there comes resistance. With every opportunity, there is an enemy assigned to that assignment. See, as, Joseph, as, as the son of Joseph, no resistance. As the son of God, the enemy shows up to challenge this moment. See, there was no resistance until this point. And, soon, and as soon as the door is revealed, the enemy is revealed. Listen, enemies reveal doors. So if you're going through something today, get on the phone and call your friends and throw a party. 
Like, Pastor, why did that? Listen, if you're going through something today and you feel like you've been all out resistant and there's been an attack of the enemy on your life and it's been filled with resistance, go ahead and call your friends and throw a party because the revelation of an enemy means there is a door on the other side of that resistance. Come on, somebody. On the other side of that resistance is a door, another opportunity, an assignment. The enemy does not want the kingdom of God to flourish on the earth. Do you guys realize that? He doesn't want it to work. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want us to move forward. He doesn't want us to break ground. He doesn't want us to build the facility. He doesn't want us to continue to reach people. He doesn't want us to continue to raise up the next generation. He doesn't want any of that. There's resistance against that. But listen, when we push against the resistance, and we know we've, we've, we've locked into a door, Come on, man, when there's an enemy at the gate, there's a, there's a blessing on the other side that we step through that opportunity and we step through that door together as a church. Enemies reveal doors. God says, I've given you a door. And when, listen, when that announcement is made, it gets the enemy's attention. You ever stepped into a new opportunity or, or feel like you're in a transition and there's resistance there? That's because when you push through the resistance, that's why it's important we don't quit. That's important we don't give up. That's why it's important that when we feel resistance, we don't give up and quit. We persevere through every hard thing that comes against us. We press through it. Because on the other side of it is a door, an opportunity. And listen to me, there's some of you today whose past keeps trying to come up and grab you again, and it keeps coming, trying to circle around. And listen to me, the reason that past thing keeps trying to come up is because he's nervous about your future. He knows he's trying to resist something in your life, and all you have to do is listen. You have to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. You have to tell, you have to press through that resistance. You have to, you, have to, you can't hang on, I'm so hard, life's so difficult. No, 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 no. You gotta take the, the, the aggressive approach. Come on, man, the Bible tells us that we're in a war against the enemy, not people. The Bible says we're in a war. We're against, there's an enemy that's against us, a spiritual enemy in, in high places, principalities and powers. But the Bible tells us that we're to stand. And, and in the evil day, we're to do nothing but stand. We're to resist the devil, and he will flee from us. So we come against him in the name of Jesus in your life. We come against him when it comes to the resistance of the plan and the destiny of God. I love, in closing this morning, 1 Timothy 1, we read this verse, we read this verse through uh, uh, many different situations, but I, I want to bring something out to you today about this verse in 1 Timothy 1. For, uh, excuse me, I think it's 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1 says this, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So here's what he tells him. He says, listen, there's a gift that's on the inside of you, that when I prayed for you, that gift was dropped into your life. In other words, assignment, opportunity. Door was opened for you when I laid my hands on you to pray for you. And he says that door was opened, and then he says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. How many has ever used that verse before? How many ever used that verse? All right, God's not giving me a spirit of fear. I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. The context of this is very different if you're not careful. The context is not this that you're fearful. See, because he says, when I laid my hands on you, a gift dropped in you, an assignment dropped in you, and he says, because of the assignment, something, something new, a new door, a new opportunity, and this is Paul talking to Timothy, he says, a new opportunity is front in front of you. And he says, when you go and you start operating in this new opportunity, when you step through the open door, God has not given you a spirit of fear. See, it's not just that you get scared, it's that you're on assignment. And he says, you're gonna come against resistance, Timothy, but don't be scared, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. He says, when you step through the open door, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. Now, another translation says this, which is a better translation. It says this in 2 Timothy 1.7 in, in NIV. It says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. So the word fear actually in the original language is the word timid. If you look, if you, if you, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity. 
The word timid is actually the root word of intimidation. In other words, Timothy, you're going to get an assignment from heaven, and God has not given you a spirit of intimidity, or of, of, tim, of, of, of tim, timidity, of intimidity. Amen. That's a new word. God has not given you a spirit of being timid. He says, God has not given you a spirit, so don't be intimidated. He says, God's not given you a spirit of intimidation. That word timid, the, the full word is intimidate. God has not given us a spirit of being intimidated. So what's intimidation? If you, if you watch sports, you know what this means. But here's what intimidation is. You are convinced that you will lose, therefore you don't even engage. You see your enemy and you think, oh, no, there's no way. There's no way, so I don't even engage. It, and, and it's not based on reality. It's not based on ability. It's not based on fact. It's not based in truth. It's based in the fact that it got in your head. It got in your head, that timidity, that intimidation of your enemy, that resistance of the enemy got in your head. Listen, he says this. He says, when new doors and opportunities approach, don't be intimidated by it. He says, there is an enemy standing in front of your door. Don't operate in intimidation, Timothy. He says, for God's not given you a spirit of intimidation. He says, for God has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He, said, he, said, he tells Timothy, he says, don't be like the ten spies who looked at the promised land and saw the giants and said, we are but like grasshoppers in their sight. That's the spirit of intimidation. The Bible says God's not given you a spirit. So when you come in your opportunity this year and you come into resistance this year, listen to me today. I'm declaring this year that you're going to come into some resistance and intimidation. Don't be intimidated. Don't be timid. Don't sit back. See, because intimidation is getting in your head. And what it does is it convinces you of failure to the point that you never engage because you are convinced failure is certain. I've been here. I've been here. Before we launched the, the, the Accelerate campaign, for those of you that are new, it's our campaign to build our facility on our property, which we own up here on Social Row Road. And um, long before this, I never would like proactively jump towards this direction because I want to be faithful with your family. I want to be faithful with your resources. I want to be faithful with God's plan for this region. And some of the bigness of what I see in my heart was intimidating to me. Because I, I was looking within myself to make it happen. I was looking within Jason's resources, which are limited, amen. Jason's abilities, which are limited, amen. I was looking at those things and I was getting intimidated and it was like an internal war with me. But there came, there came a day, I'll never forget it. It was November, October, November of 2021. And I was sitting in a meeting and, and, and one of the pastors there looked at me and he said to me, Jason, if you think you got to get everything right every single time, you will do nothing big for God. I said, shut your mouth. I'll punch you right across this table. But something woke up on the inside of me, and that intimidating spirit broke off of me in that moment. You're like, Pastor, you're supposed to be superhuman. No, folks. I have to lay on the bed and put my pants on just like you do. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but that thing broke off of me, and I remember coming into 2022 going, we're heading in this direction. This is the way we're going. I got wisdom around me. I got counsel around me. And I'm like, this, I, out of mouth of two or three witnesses, this is the direction we're going. And God broke that thing off of me. So when I tell you that there's an enemy that will bring resistance against you, I'm telling you, 
God does not put a door there and an enemy in front of it without thinking you as his church can't defeat that enemy. God sees his church that tears down the gates of hell and that the gates of hell will not prevail against you, will not prevail against his church in 2023. We will walk through this door and we will walk through this door and we will walk through and we will break down all resistance of the enemy. Why? Because on the other side of it are thousands and thousands of people that need to say yes to Jesus. That's the reason, that's the point as we step through. Listen, God says as we move forward, this is not the spirit I gave you. I didn't give you an intimidating spirit. I gave you a spirit of power and of love and of sound, sound mind. See, listen, the key is not whether God believed in you. The key is, did you believe in you? Because God says the spirit you've been given is power, love, and a sound mind. He says to you today, church, I've set before you an open door. This year, you will experience opportunity and blessing like you've never experienced if you step through the door. If you don't wait around for that door to hopefully, 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 if I just wait. No, you get prepared for it. You get ready for it. You count the cost for what is to come. You come against the enemy and his tactics. You'll see doors this year that you'll be like, that's the ugliest door ever. But God's going to say to you, that's the open door. And you're going to walk through it, and it's going to bring you into opportunities and blessings that you never could walk through without it. And you're going to resist the enemy this year. We're going to resist the enemy this year. And God is going to do a mighty work in you, through you, through our church, and I'll tell you what, when you locate your enemy, know they're on the other side of that thing, is an open door, and God is gonna move in this season. God is gonna move this year. Man, I'm telling you, the, the reports about the church are staggering. Here, listen to me today. They're not good reports, but I choose to believe Isaiah 53 about his church. The Bible says this, that whose report will you believe? I'm not believing the stats. I'm not going to sit around and tote the stats. I'm not going to talk about the church going under because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He says we're going over and not under. He said we're the head and we're not the tail. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this stinking world. It's still God's plan A is the church. It's the hope of the world. And when we buy in and we, and we come together and we seize opportunities and we become a light in our region, that all of a sudden God begins to get the glory for all of it. Let's close our eyes this morning really quick and just bow your heads. Before I go any further, we're gonna sing a song that, that's just been on my heart and it's been on my heart for months and it's called Gratitude. But before we start to sing this song, if you're in here today and you say, Pastor, John 10 says that he's the door. And I've tried to go and have my relationship with God so many other ways. I've tried to go around the door. I've tried to go under the door. I've tried to try different things in my life to save myself, but I can't save myself. And today you say, man, this, this, I want you to know that this is the door that's in front of you, and his name is Jesus. When you walk through the door of Jesus, all of a sudden Jesus comes, and he saves you, and he cleanses you. And he makes things white as snow. And he comes and he delivers you. And he makes you into a brand new person. So if you're in this room today and you say, Pastor, listen, I want to walk through the door as Jesus, as the Lord of my life today. I've run from God. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been churched or you've been in a relationship with God, but you've not lived like it. Hey, we've all been there. It's time to come home. Why not start January 8th, 2023 with saying yes to Christ? Maybe you're watching online, you feel the same way today and you're, you're wanting a new relationship with God. If you're in this place, I'm not gonna call you forward, but I do wanna pray for you because I believe this is the greatest thing the church is ordained for. It's not just to make us feel good and give us good messages and sing good songs. The sole purpose of the church of Jesus Christ is to give people the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. 
There are churches all over the world, all over the region that don't even do altar calls anymore. I'm here to tell you that it's the number one reason the church is on the planet, is for you to have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So if you're in here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to know Jesus. I want to come back home. Maybe today you say, I backslid. I walked away from God. I need to renew my commitment to Jesus today. If that's you, will you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you this morning. Anybody in this room today say, that's me, Pastor. I can't really see. So if you're raising your hand, yeah, there's a few people back there. I see people pointing and that's great. Thank you so much. Listen, this is the best day of your life. It's the best day of your life to come and make Jesus the Lord of your life. So we're all going to pray together as a family. And as we do, the Bible says where one person says yes to Christ, all of heaven, all of heaven rejoices. Well, today's your day. There's several people in here that are saying yes to Christ. And I believe today all of heaven is going to rejoice. Amen, everybody? So let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for raising from the dead for me. Thank you. Come into my heart today. Make me be Lord of my life. Make me a new person, new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap for those that said yes to Christ. Come on, give him a big hand clap. He's good. So really quick, before I, actually, I'm going to, Hold off on this song just for a minute. I'm going to go ahead and do our offering time, and then I want to sing this song at the end out of gratitude. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and kind of transition here, and we'll go back into worship. Uh, over the last year, we've been giving you updates, or last year, last eight months or so, we've been giving you updates on um, our progress uh, as a church and uh, where we are with our facility and, 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 and Accelerate and, and all those sorts of things. And we had a goal of 300,000 by the end of the year. So that's about an eight, eight month period from where we launched our time to begin to raise funds for the facility. Now we're not done, uh, but we just wanted to set an end of year goal to see, you know, just kind of accelerate. Look at your neighbor and say, accelerate. Because we can move at the pace of your generosity. And so I wanted to update you today and let you know where we are as a church, if we could go ahead and put our number up. That's where we are today, folks. Come on. Come on. $303,968. Come on. Can we give Jesus a big hand clap? Come on. Give him a big hand clap. We praise you, Lord. Amen. Thank God. Um, we do have a, we have a million-dollar goal, and we're trusting the Lord. But I want to kind of give you some prayer points. I kind of let you know what we've been through since our overseers meeting. Um, and for those of you that are new, we have overseers that oversee us and our church, and they're pastors of successful churches, and they help me lead this church. And so um, just really quick, we've made some, so what, the, when we, I was coming into the end of this year, I just felt like the Lord was just like, hey, do count the cost, figure this out on how to get out of the school and just really begin to move in that direction. And so we made some adjustments to the building not huge adjustments, but hundreds of thousands of dollar adjustments. Come on, somebody. And so, <laughs> you don't even know in your clap. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. And so, put, put the facility up there for those that are new. There's our building. Come on, somebody. If you're new there, that's our facility. So, we, we obviously, there's a few things we'll tweak on it. But listen, this morning is, um, so we made some adjustments. We, we made it uh, just a little bit, took out some fluff areas. And so, we actually have a phase one and a phase two because we can add, add stuff to it as we go. And so basically, that gives us uh, adult, kids space, those sorts of things, and then we can expand on all of that as we grow, okay? Um, but we want to get to a place where we can. I'm trusting the Lord that we go to two services in our facility right out the gate. How many want to trust that? That we're reaching people, two services, right out the gate. And so um, here's some prayer points for you that I need you to pray for. Uh, we, can, uh, we can post these or send these out in the email as well, but... Um, we just uh, redid the building with our architect, and uh, we're going back to the township. So this is a, a prayer request. We're going back to the township to finalize our conditional use. There, there should be no hang-ups here, okay, just so you know. Um, our land is zoned agricultural, which is really cool, because then they don't dictate the material on the, on the building. So that's, that's a blessing. Um, 
And so we got to get a conditional use. We had one on a facility that we presented in 2016. And I'm so thankful, dear God. They pull, I went to a township meeting and they pulled out those old plans to that building. I'm so thankful we didn't build that building. Amen, somebody. I was like, this is ugly. Amen. So anyway, um, so, uh, so we go back to the township. Secondly, um, the project is back out to bid. Okay, so they're going to take it, our, our, our construction company, VanCon, they're going to take it, and they're rebidding it now, okay? Um, the original bid was 3.4, and so uh, we're trusting the Lord for under three. Come on, somebody, under three million, okay? Um, and so that's going back out to bid. We've also had several conversations with uh, 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 banks and financial institutions um, to, to prepare for that, and so we've done that as well. And so be praying about those sorts of things. And so here's the two big goals. You ready? Um, I'm trusting the Lord that we pray and all of this kind of works out. Again, don't be like, oh, well, Pastor, you saying, okay, just be flexible. Amen, okay. Um, that we groundbreak between Easter and Mother's Day this year. Come on, somebody. I'm going to be out there with my... Okay, groundbreaking. Be in the building fall of 2024. Fall of 2024. Okay, so that gives us from January till then about 19 months. Come on, somebody. This just might be our last Christmas in this building this next year. Amen. Maybe. Come on, man. Come on, let's think big. Amen. And so uh, all roads are leading in this direction. And so I want you to continue to pray, continue to seek the Lord, uh, continue to be generous with your finances. You know, if you committed to the facility, we're still on point for goal, all right? We still have our goal of a million dollars, and we're just trusting the Lord. I mean, I did not know how this was going to work out, and it did. How many? 303,968. And what that does, that just gives us, uh, puts us in better position, uh, financially and also with uh, with the bank and those sorts of things, okay? And so, um, but in, in the meantime, we can also agree for debt-free. Come on, somebody. Any, anybody? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. We'll trust the Lord for it. Amen. We'll trust the Lord for it. And so I'm going to continue each month giving you updates of where we are and the progress. And so... And, thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for obeying the Lord. I never wanted to feel manipulative. I want you to talk to God. Talk to God and allow him to talk to you about what you're supposed to give, right? That's how, that's how we do it around here, all right? So we just want the Lord to speak to you, continue to give, fulfill those things that you said you were going to do, and uh, we'll continue to move forward at the pace of your generosity. And I'll tell you, there might be some resistance at this door, but come on, somebody. We're going to speak the word. We're going to obey. We're going to use wisdom. We're going to be really good stewards. Part of us being able to be in the position as we are is because we've created margin over 11 years where we have been able to set back funds over the last 11 years and been really good stewards of your finances that you've given to, to this local church to position us better to be able to do what we're getting ready to do. Amen? And so I want you to know that, that we have accountability in the stewardship level. And so continue to pray, continue to give. All right. I say all that to say Psalm chapter 2, verse number 8 is the scripture the Lord gave me this morning for this time together. And, and as you prepare your hearts to give, you can give on our app. You can give at uh, uh, liberallife.com. You can give cash and check at the giving station. Um, and so here, here's... You text to give as well. Um, but here's the passage, and it put everything in perspective for me. Ask it of me, Psalm 2.8, and I will certainly give the nations as your inheritance. The word nations is the word Gentiles, or those far from God. He says, and the ends of the earth as your Possession. So he says, ask it of me, and I will certainly give. In other words, he's saying, keep your heart right when it comes to this stuff. Ask of me, ask for the right stuff. Ask for the resources to reach the nations. Ask for the resources for the, for, 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 to reach the people that from our 
property is 42% are unchurched or don't attend church. So God wants to bless you to be a blessing so we can reach the 42% that don't know Jesus yet. And honestly, not just them, but your friends and your family. Those people that you influence, right, with the message of the good news of Jesus. He says, ask of me and I'll certainly give the nations to you. So we're going to pray this morning. It's about reaching more people for Jesus. That's what this thing is all about. Thank you for your faithfulness. 11 years of faithfulness. 11 years of God's faithfulness in our church. And I believe God, I believe the best is yet to come. Amen, everybody? So let's pray together. We bless our offering today. We have cupcakes and stuff out there. We start our fast tomorrow, so eat till you throw up, all right? We start our fast tomorrow, January 9th through the 29th, I believe is what it is. And we're, we're praying and seeking God. I'll be online every morning at 7 o'clock on Facebook, so hop on for prayer time. Uh, we have prayer, uh, prayer focuses for the day. And, and the way we set it up this year was we're gonna focus on your heart, our home, and our world. That's how we're gonna set up our prayer times through the weeks. And so um, let's, pray th- let's pray this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you so much whew, for the giving hearts of your people. Thank you, Lord, today for the blessing of God upon their lives. Thank you today, Lord, for that 300 and $3,968.08. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for blessing your people. Thank you, Lord, for the mission and the calling and the purpose and the destiny that you have for Real Life Church for this region. And God, we decree and declare today and thank you that, Lord God, each home, each home represented in here today will be blessed this year. Thank you, Lord, as they fight through resistance in this season of, of open door opportunities and assignments, that, Lord God, on the other side of those doors will be blessing, will be influence. God, we thank you for that today. Bless each person that gives today. Thank you for 11 years of faithfulness, of you showing up and changing lives. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you today. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.